Hello everybody, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hop Union. This is our ninth episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Steve, uh, we've got a big series this weekend. Uh, you and I are taking our families to Safeco Field to watch the Mariners and the Twins. We do. Uh, it may get pretty quiet over the course of the game, but uh, looking forward to uh, the Mariners and the Twins tangling with each other. The return of Fernando Rodney, that's, that's going right. to be exciting. Yeah. Maybe more for me than Hopefully. you. But <laughs> <laughs> exciting is a loaded word. <laughs> But, no, it's going to be a great pitching matchup. We get tomorrow night. We're going together with our families, and uh, it's, uh, it's the Big Maple against uh, Twins' uh, new rookie, Fernando Romero. It should be a pretty good, interesting game. Yeah, it should be. Uh, always love a good pitching matchup. Well, the Mariners are on a, on a hot streak. What do they want, five in a row, six in a row now? Five in a row, and they keep doing it kind of in late-game comeback fashion, and it seems like we get a key player injured almost every game. So, I'm sure the uh, training staff there for the Mariners are being uh, put to the test uh, this week as they keep everybody healthy. Sure. Well, speaking of getting to the test, we've had some of our growers in this week for different meetings. And uh, in general, around the Yakima Valley, uh, things are looking pretty good so far for the hops, right? Yeah, I think so. Everyone is kind of completing their uh, training schedules. We're getting towards the taint, uh, tail end of that. Uh, we happen to be down, uh, had our Green Chief group and our meetings down in Idaho and Oregon last week, so I got to see the crop down there. Things appear to be coming along uh, very well. The Idaho crop looks very even and is coming along good. Uh, they've had a little bit of disease pressure in Oregon, uh, a little bit of uh, downy mildew early, but uh, it appears that the powdery mildew is under control, so, 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 so far so good with the crop. No, that's what that's what they were saying. So far, so good. It's obviously very early. It's May, but uh, we'll we'll take a good start over a bad start anytime. Absolutely. Well, today we're we're thrilled to have uh, with us uh, Peter Zion from Alesmith Brewery in San Diego. And Alesmith is uh, certainly one of the most iconic breweries in the country. Uh, we love them uh, because we've had a great relationship with them uh, through our hop uh, arrangements over the years. Uh, but we also love them because they've got the Tony Gwynn Museum right in their new tap room. And, and uh, Steve and I are trying out their San Diego Pale Ale 394 for Tony Gwynn. But, uh, Peter, welcome to our podcast. Hi. How are you doing, guys? We're doing great. Uh, we're trying out the 394. Uh, we, you know, baseball fans, we know that's from the, the strike-shortened season of 1994, with Tony Gwynn's highest uh, ever batting average, and I think the closest we've gotten to 400 since 1941, right? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I was drinking one right now. I, I still got to work a little bit. But, uh, enjoy. Yeah. That uh, 1941 year, not that I was around back then, but uh, another young fellow from San Diego by the name of Ted Williams happened to uh, have a pretty good year that year as well. That's right. Well, he was the uh, inspiration for our cryo hops, right? Uh <laughs> <laughs> one of many yeah yes Sorry. <laughs> anyway well 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 um peter you know you you're the owner and the head brewer obviously for for ale smith i shouldn't say obviously but uh you know you guys have been going since 1995 maybe uh tell us a little bit about your journey uh to to ale smith and how how you became the owner and uh a little bit about what's been going on more recently yeah, happy to. Well, you know, it's it's been a long road, and I'm, I'm happy where, where we're at. But, boy, I, sometimes I don't remember how we got from there to here. 
Um, so in 1995, a friend of mine, Skip Virgilio, and, and another friend from my home brew club, Ted Newcomb, started a little sleepy brewery in a little warehouse with all dairy equipment and started knocking out some pretty big beers and some pretty well-received beers. But it was a very different time, uh, craft beer-wise. It was really the baby steps. And it was tough getting accounts. And <clears throat> they did great. They developed a great reputation. They made some fantastic beers. And uh, I was a home brewer back then, and I was volunteering to help often at, at Alesmith. And um, times were tough, and um, either of them could tell you about that. But uh, in 2002, the opportunity came up for me to purchase uh, Alesmith. So uh, on July 16, 2002, I became the owner, and um, I had a staff of one person, um, <laughs> Todd Simmons, who's, who's still here in his 22nd year at Alesmith. And um, I took on some of the hardest work that I've ever done in my life. Um, I was, I think I was 39 years old back then and uh, starting a whole second career as a professional brewer. And we, we struggled. We, um, we started knocking out some new beers. We, we made some of the other beers uh, that I inherited that are still being made here. And, um, you know, we struggled along. So adding it all up, you know, Alesmith was, was kind of in the red for a long time, over a decade. Uh, not really making money, just every buck came in, would go back out. Mm -hmm. And uh, 2008, we uh, got a little bit of an improvement. We, we put a 30-barrel system in. We were able to, to get our barrelage up around 4,000, mm -hmm. and we broke even uh, amazing that year. Um, same year, we entered five little beers into the Great American Beer Festival. We didn't have the money to travel, so we were at home when the awards ceremony came, and Kind of baseball-like uh, home run in the bottom of the ninth. Um, last sweet. three, last three categories, we went gold, silver, gold, and won the Small Brewer of the Year award. And um, boy, did things take off. So um, you know, we had a good reputation at that point, but now we were kind of on the map. And 08 to 013, great years, um, growth. Um, certainly, owe all of you quite a bit. Um, you're fantastic and. High quality hops, you know, are a, are a big staple of, of not only my beers, but, you know, a lot of the, the West Coast styles and uh, the other breweries in town. And um, we ended up maxing out. We had, you know, just ridiculous growth years back then, um, you know, from 08 to 13, 60 percent, 80 percent. We had 100 percent growth year. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that was just so ridiculous. Um, and I think, you know, we, we got really spoiled. I think all the breweries did. We mm -hmm. thought. You know, boy, do we got it made. But, you know, there is no business that goes up forever. And I think right now we're seeing a little bit of a softer market. We're, we're still on a 30% growth pace through first quarter. So I'm, I'm happy about That's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But to back up just a bit, we moved to our new facility in, at the end of 2014. We went from roughly 15,000 square feet to uh, right now we're, I'm calling you from our 109,000 square foot facility. Um, and home to the Tony Gwynn Museum, a speakeasy event space, um, a tasting room that is, has an occupancy of 688 people can fit in there. Um, so it, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're making our move to, uh, you know, get our beer out a little further. Uh, but you know what? I'm happy with the smaller amount of growth. I can stay within my comfort zone, make sure that the beer is the thing, you know, mm -hmm. it always has been, it has to be, it got us here. Uh, no reason to grow for growth's sake. It's, right. uh, I'd I'll make more beer, but it has to be Alesmith quality. And, um, you know, my role changes over the years. I brewed everything, you know, 2002 to 05. Then I got into rotation as a brewer. 
Uh, now, primarily, I'm, I'm on sensory recipe formulation and lots of boring executive meetings and bank stuff and all this. <laughs> you know, like, we're, we're a real company now. And my, my wife kind of straightened me out. She said, and she comes from a band uh, management company and, and a lot of HR. And she said, the band manager can't jam with the band. It was sad, <laughs> sad to hear, yep. but I took it to heart. And now um, I'm running a, a successful company and, and still having a lot of fun. Well, I had the pleasure of uh, visiting your, your your new tap room in January uh, and seeing the Tony Gwynn Museum. Right. That was that was part of the reason we uh, we called. I mean, you guys obviously iconic down there, and um, I think just your name, Ale Smith. You know, the, the the whole concept of being a craftsman and and, and the Smith component, uh, Ale Smith certainly. Tony Gwynn, though, a consummate craftsman as a as a baseball player. I mean. Right. You know, I, I had to freshen up some of my, my stats on him, but what a remarkable career he had. He had that great year, but a lifetime 338 batter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. You, you know, one of the, 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 one, the one statistic that really st- stood out to me, especially in today's game, is that he only struck out one out of every 20 at-bats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, today, you know, if you're, if you're one out of four in a game, that's considered almost good, you know. Yep. <laughs> crazy. No, it's a whole different yeah. game now than it was back then. And uh, that's remarkable. His uh, strikeout to walk ratio was just out of the, out of this world as well. Yeah. Um. yeah I mean, he's, he was also. I mean, we you know Shohei Otani's doing a great thing as a as a pitcher, baseball player. But Tony Gwynn was uh, he was drafted by the Clippers. You know, he chose chose the Padres, but he was a he was mm-hmm. an all whack uh, guard in basketball yep. as well. He's a very well rounded athlete. He probably made the right choice there. I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, Peter, I just a quick question about this uh, 394 that we're enjoying right now. Um, I'll put my, my reputation on the line here. I'm, I'm thinking I'm picking up aroma and taste of maybe some mosaic hops in that beer. Well, you it, are did, in the right business because you know your hops. Okay. Um, you know, it, it is a little bit of a convoluted recipe. There, there's, I believe, 11 different hops, but there is definitely a big mosaic note in there. And um, we were real happy to see that beer place in the in a recent tasting out of 150 uh, pale ales were tried. And we mm-hmm. finished 33. And you know what? And I'll take that because sure. the comments were so nice. We were surrounded above and below us with a lot of the new hazy styles and a lot of the, you know, the super hop-infused late hop edition beers. And they gave us credit for, like, you know what? A filtered beer that has the tropical aroma like this it was really forward thinking to come out in 2014 uh, before any of this craze. So they kind of gave us a little credit for, for maybe starting that trend, although, you know, not the haze element. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you were very much on the forefront of uh, the, 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 you know, so-called West coast IPA and, and, and then obviously San Diego with the, with the doubles or the Imperials. Uh, you know, how, you know, how did that sort of evolve internally for you as a brewer and with Alesmith? Uh, you know, at what point did uh, you say, ah, this is really the uh, the beer we're striving for? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, San Diego was, was really kind of for a while their home to the to the hoppy beer. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Alesmith was born of home brewers. We were at one point we were everyone who worked here was a home brewer and a beer judge with the BJCP. So we were. You know, judging homebrew contests, we were seeing the the changes and, and watching just how far the hop element can go. Not necessarily a huge fan of, of the bitterness element. We were kind of more interested in exploring that flavor and aroma and all the different procedural places that hops can be added to create different effects. 
noticing that the same hop added at different points can give you different effects and, and flavor components. So um, I think, you know, I got to really point back to a beer that was made, you know, I was actually taught at Simmons uh, beer back in the late 90s. Evil Dead Red was our Halloween beer. Hmm. And when many went, uh, you know, pumpkinish, we were just doing a hop one and extremely late hopped beer. You know, it, it was just uh, malt and hops were not balancing each other. You had a sweet malt component followed by an aromatic, flavorful hop, and they just they sat next to each other. They didn't really balance each other. And I see a lot of breweries are like picking up on that now, but we pretty much did that alone for for maybe ten years. Mm -hmm. And um, it found its way into our other beers. Um, a, a word you don't typically use with an IPA is balance, but people call our IPA balanced. Mm -hmm. It, it ha definitely has a firm malt backbone to hold up the wall of hops. And so all of our beers have evolved kind of um, showcasing the different hops without really going too far on the bitterness, just enough IBUs up front to, to balance malt profiles. And I think all of our beers are kind of like that. Even the old numbskull barley wine, our IPA, our double IPA. We made a triple IPA with pizza port called Logical Choice, mm -hmm. same thing. And they're all balanced. And uh, ratebeer.com, uh, the IPA has remained in the top 10 and has been in the number one spot a number of those years. But, uh, you know, the IPA just remains. And, and it's an unchanged recipe from 2002. Yeah. Peter, thank you from the bottom of my heart for keeping the vegetables out of our beer. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of pumpkin beers. And, and I, I'm, I'm also, and this is a bias of mine, but I'm also an advocate for... Uh, exploring what the hops can do to the flavor of your beer before you have to throw in vegetables or fruit. So <laughs> thanks I'm for with, considering that. that. Yeah. yeah. You, and you said you're obviously doing a little bit more <clears throat> admin as, as, as you've had to and as your business has evolved. Do you still get a chance from time to time to get on the uh, the experimental uh, brew house and, uh, and play around a bit? Yeah. In fact, you know, right now I was just walking to come to this room, and I, I walked by Todd. He's on, the, he's on the Sabco small batch, and he's doing a New Zealand session IPA. And um, so, yeah, I walk in there. Yeah, I mean, it's like I never wanted to be that guy, but you know, I'm the owner, and I'll, I'll walk into the <laughs> brew house room, and all the young guys they get quiet, and I'm like, "Come on, you know, don't. Yep. I'm not that guy. You yep. you keep talking inappropriate things right now." <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what 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 did they have on the uh, on the uh, on the radio when we're you were going through today? What kind of music do they have playing in there? Uh, you know, Ailsmith's always been. I'm a firm believer that the fermenting beer needs loud grinding pounding music so we've had you know industrial german grunge going on and you know it depends who the brewer is because he gets to choose the music um so it, it's always something loud and pounding I, now are, are you a, are you a from san diego or are you a padres fan or uh what, what's your yeah. what's your baseball background well for the most of my life i've been out here we, we moved here from st paul minnesota in 1969 when i was seven years old so i just i just dated myself and, um, yeah, I grew, I went from ice skating and hockey one year to surfing the next. <laughs> and, uh, Mike, can I, you relate it, to that by any chance? I'm, I'm from Mankato, uh, uh, so, Peter, so right we're on. not too far apart, uh, yeah. Yeah, right on. So, yeah, I, you know, I love going back there. I used to go back to the, to the Twin Cities, and I'd go up north into Canada to, to do my walleye fishing every mm -hmm. summer and get the shore lunches and just fantastic memories. But, uh, yeah, uh, followed baseball. I, I, I met Tony... I met Tony when he first joined the Padres, and he didn't even remember it when we were working on the beer together. But, in, you know, I was a student at University of San Diego, ah. and we were up all night one night 
um, you know, let's just say studying. And um, <laughs> the next morning, we needed to go to Denny's for breakfast. So, we, <laughs> so, so we're down there waiting, and there was a little bit of a wait down in the valley there by the stadium on Friars Road. And um, there was a, a, a couple in front of us holding a, a small child. And um, they were called before us. And I, I, I remember them just saying, Gwyn, party of three, Gwyn, party of three. <laughs> so Tony was unknown. He was, and, and that baby was Tony Gwynn Jr. Wow, um, yeah, yeah. And we're talking in the early 1980s. And so we were right after them. And so when we met them again, you know, many years later to, to do this beer, I, I told that story. But um, imagine Tony Gwynn, like the Gwynn name, not really even being known. Right, yeah, yeah. Yep. Seems, seems impossible. Yeah, so so Peter, you moved out from Minnesota in '69, then, right? That's like right. the Harmon right. Killebrew year. Well, the Harmon yep. Killebrew year, but also uh, that was, I think, didn't San Diego? That was the first year of the Padres. That, that was the first year yeah. of the Padres. San Diego, I Correct. think, uh, the Expos, Kansas City, and the Seattle, Seattle Pilots, Pilots, who, yep. are, who are now the Milwaukee Brewers, all came into the league the same year. So. Yeah, I can see how your career is pretty much parallel to San Diego Padres over the years. Yeah, and I even got one more little story on that. My dad was an executive with McDonald's back in the day. He he owned the restaurant that Joan Crock played the piano in. Who's oh in wow? That movie, oh really? Founder. Oh, the one in Minneapolis. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. <laughs> St. Paul. So yeah, my dad is, Paul, uh, yeah. is actually in that movie. He's he's introducing Raleigh Smith, Joan's husband, to Ray Crock to get him a franchise, but. Um, anyway, we moved out here in 69. The Crocs followed us a few years later, 73, I think. And the Padres were going to leave. Um, in fact, baseball cards were already being printed for the Washington. <laughs> 1974, team. I remember. I yeah, have some yeah, of those um, yet. Yeah, Yeah, and then Ray, uh, Ray wanted to keep them. He wanted to buy the Cubs, but they weren't going to sell. So <laughs> he heard about the Padre thing. And I was a little boy. I was 12 years old, and I remember – a bunch of Padre executives. I remember Ray Kroc coming to our house in La Jolla and talking the deal through. And a few days later, it was announced that Ray Kroc was the new owner of the San Diego Padres. Mm. That's a great story. Yeah. That was, it was a good movie, too, if, uh, for those listeners who have not seen The Founder uh, with Michael Keaton. It really mm -hmm. is a good movie. And one of my favorite parts, Steve, and we talk about this, is the continuous improvement. Oh, yeah. When the McDonald brothers are out on yeah. that basketball court and they're trying to figure out how to make burgers, you know, the, the, <laughs> the processing of burgers more efficient. Yeah. I'm just thinking, ding, 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 uh, there's extract plant, uh, you know, yep. the, the pelleting plant and so on. I mean, have you... Uh. You, you do the same thing there, Peter, in uh, in your brew house. Do you think about efficiencies and uh, continuous oh, improvements and all that? Absolutely, absolutely. We have uh, we have a gentleman. His sole job is to to find find our inefficiencies, identify them, and remove them. So, um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I think about when you what size brewery you are is like a boat or a ship. You know, when you're a when you're a little brewery and, and a problem comes up or something, you, you just turn that wheel to the left and and you you're around it you know maybe you go into your own bank account and just write a check and you're, you're done you get a little bigger you you've got to think out a little further you get our size you know i'm, I'm a luxury liner now i yeah, gotta yep. gotta make my turn six months early or you know i'm gonna hit that iceberg so yep. um yeah inefficiencies need to be removed uh definitely you, think about that all the time and uh, yeah well that's the point i was going to say i mean you've been brewing obviously for a long time and you've still see opportunities to learn more about uh, the beer making process or your own overall operations is that something that uh, you guys get together and think about quite a bit as a team oh absolutely i mean i'm a i'm just a consummate student of this game um 
we'll never know it all. And, and you got to be on your toes and be watching changing market conditions, the improvements. I mean, you know, I send the guys to these conferences. They come back with all this information that debunks almost everything I learned 25 years ago when I studied, you know. So we're still in the, you know, real forefront of and, and the early years of, of just putting knowledge and science behind what we're even doing here. I mean, it's really just been a couple hundred years, and there's all sorts of new stuff. So, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time. We have weekly meetings on this involving all departments, and we just want to be better and, you know, always stay hungry, always know there's more knowledge, always seek it. Well, if there were, if, if, if there's a couple of things, you know, that you know now, and, and we're all like this as we get older, there's always some things that we wish we'd have done differently. But if you think of a few things right now that you know through hard work and experience that you could go back to your younger self or to a, a younger brewer out there, what, what kind of things would you just say, hey, focus on a couple of these things? These are important that you might not otherwise have thought about when you're uh, starting out as a, as a brewer or as, a, as an owner of a brewery? Yeah, well, I think two things that come to mind are um, a good business plan, you know, really, really have it thought through. I, I will admittedly say that I jumped into this cause I just thought it was a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the, in the trenches and just knock out beer. And, you know, if I, if I was, if I ran out of money, I'll just do something else, you know? Um, so I would just say a really good business plan can save you a lot of trouble. And then um, keep your forecasting accurate. You know, and do both of these in pencil. You know, do your business plan and your forecasting in pencil, and and be updating them and be changing them, and and think worst case scenario at times, because you want to ensure your survival at the at the minimum. And then you know it's easy to just go on, but you know you find yourself in trouble. That's that's not a good thing. And uh, I'm I'm lucky. I you know my father raised me to be pretty conservative by nature, and I think maybe that explains Alesmith's you know, small growth, although we're, you know, in a 109,000 square foot facility, we're only a 35,000 barrel a year brewery, and mm -hmm. we have capacity to do a quarter of a million here. So I'm staying within my comfort zone and, and just, you know, really playing a lot of catch up right now and having really accurate forecasts and having a good business model. I need to know what I'm doing in 2020 right now, 2021. And um, yeah, that would be my advice. You can't, I don't think it's the kind of business you really can jump in by the, you know, and just get by with this, you know, the seat of your pants right now and just, uh, you know, just get into have fun. I mean, you can, I think these micro, you know, real small nano guys are, are doing that. But if you want to, you know, you got to treat it like a real business. And, um, so I, I think that the, the good old days of just, you know, coming in to have fun and doing it probably over, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're a real business and we have, you have to treat it like one. So with your commitment to the business and uh, being successful and making great beer, Peter, do you get a chance to get out to Petco very often? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we have a sponsorship going with the Padres and Petco. Uh, we have 31 tap handles throughout the stadium. Oh, we good. have our own wow. club up top, up on Toyota Terrace. It's Club 394. You can drink Tony's beer while looking at the field he played on and see, um, you know, so we pick up a season ticket pack. We give it to, you know, the different employees here uh, team members uh, when so everyone gets a chance to go and have fun we have a special little club here called the order of the anvil it's a paid club where they get special releases we just took uh, a group of 35 of them to a game so yeah try to get out there and support the local team and you know there, there's uh, i really like the management right now at, at petco they uh, there's a lot of great food now 
maybe not as good as at Seattle, but <laughs> we're, 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 we're trying. You don't have crickets, fried crickets to eat. That's that's the <laughs> oh big luxury God. in Seattle right now. Is oh, uh, you gotta be kidding. Yeah, okay. deep fried crickets. Well, but we got a tremendous craft beer presence in yeah, San Diego. Yeah, I can you imagine. Really can, you really can try a couple dozen different craft brews. Yeah. And the giant, uh, the giant sign in right field with the with the big macro brewer that oh, starts yeah. with a B is is now gone, and they have a different major sponsor. So. Um, yeah, I, I I get out there as often as I can. That's pretty always. exciting. We had uh, we had Jim Cook on uh, a couple of weeks ago from Boston Beer, and they've got now the big Sam Adams uh, sign out in in right field. And uh, you know, with your thirty one taps, what we see here in Safeco and in, in Seattle, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the evolution of the beer available throughout Major League Stadiums, and obviously San Diego being at the forefront of the craft, is it's great to hear and great to see. Yeah. And I got to tell you, a tear came to my eye the first, you know, it took us a couple of years to get 394 into the stadium. It's, there's, there's some politics involved. And we used Alicia Gwynn's uh, contacts to make it happen. But mm-hmm. that first game, you know, we had, we had a couple tap handles and I went out there and I got the, the glass poured. I'm holding 394 and I turned to the field and everything kind of went quiet. And I, I thought back to the meetings with Tony and, you know, he was battling and, um, you know, wanted this beer made. He wanted it to be everywhere and anywhere. And I think maybe what people don't know is it's not a tribute beer. He 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 had something to do with making that beer. He he tasted the three prototypes. He gave us his feedback. So uh, yeah, I got a little choked up. My wife said, "Are you okay?" And I'm just, I'm just thinking of Tony right now. I'm drinking yep. his beer. Very nice. And I know. You, Hopefully, he's shining you, down on us. You didn't hear a voice in the background saying, "If you brew it, they will come." Did you? <laughs> uh, excellent. <laughs> Uh, Tony, I just, yeah, Tony, I mean, yeah, what a great player. He had that just a beautiful swing that we were talking. There was just a few guys that left-handed swing and Tony had it. And it was so fun to watch. And, you know, again, National League guy on the West Coast. I didn't get to see him as much as I liked. I got to see him only one time. And that was in New York when they were playing the Mets. And it was probably 1999 or 2000 towards the end of his career. But mm-hmm. I just remember being so excited. And I had my son with me and I said, that guy's going to the to the Hall of Fame. Take a, pay attention to him. He he was so right. good already. But oh man. And I'm not sure we're going to see another player stay in one place for 20 years. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think Jeter. It was a little easier when you're putting rings on your finger. Yep. In, for a few years, but Tony never got one. Yep. 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 I mean, it's remarkable. I was looking at it too. Tony Tony played uh, more almost double the amount of games as a Padre as the next player, and I think that was like Gary mm-hmm. Templeton Senior, Dave Winfield, yeah. or somebody like that. Yeah. But more d- more than twice as many games as his Padres as, as anybody else. An amazing career. Well, it's been a real pleasure, Peter, talking with you. Uh, you know, we we truly enjoy our relationship. I, I you know, in January I got to meet Pardeep, uh, part of your procurement team on the Hops. We've had a great relationship with you and all of that. It's been it's been a good relationship. We love love that. Love the great beer you're making and all that you represent in in San Diego as part of that craft industry. Uh, and we love the fact you've got the Tony Gwynn Museum in your, in your in your tap room. I mean, uh, that's what you know. That's what this whole podcast is about: is beer, baseball, and buying. So what? That's uh, why we wanted to give you a call and uh, and have you on the, on the show today. Oh, right on. Well, the pleasure was all mine, and uh, um, of course, thank you so much for all you do for us. Uh, honestly, we couldn't do what we do without your hard work and. Um, when you're back in San Diego, you got to let me know so I can roll that perfect carpet out for you. Absolutely, Peter. Peter keep Keep making great beer, and whatever you do, we're wishing you nothing but good hops. Excellent. Thank you all. All right. Take care.